0: Here we go. We're going straight into episode three of the NaNoWriMo prep series, and today we're going to talk about planning, planting, and pantsing. And uh, don't bother if you're feeling angry about this episode to write it and be like, Kristen, how dare you say that pantsing is not valuable Because first of all, that is not what I'm saying. And second of all, I have had this argument literally a 100 times, and I'm not really interested in having it anymore. Listen, I'm going to make a case for why you should try planning at least once. And I'm going to make a case for the fact that I think if you're participating in this year's nanorimo, you should try planning this nanoRimo. But listen, you don't have to do what I say. You don't have to do anything I say, ever. I mean, unless you're doing something illegal and I happen to run into it and I'm like, hey, this thing you're doing is legal. You probably shouldn't do that. Then you should probably do what I say. But I understand that everyone has a different writing process. I have my own writing process, which by the way, I did not figure out until I tried a bunch of different stuff, including planning. So that's why I'm trying to get you to try it at least once. And I, I understand, listen, if it doesn't work for you, and you know, it doesn't work for you because you've tried it, then you don't need to do what I say, Okay like I said, you don't, you don't ever have to listen to me. But uh, if you want to hear about my process and what I do and how I combine planning and panting and plant in I, I'm a planter, then you know, this episode's going to be interesting. I'm sure I'll uh, have some little gems in here and maybe a funny incident. Who knows, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. Okay, let's get right into it. So if you listened to the first episode, you remember that I made you a nano prep care package and you can get it for free by going to expensivewords.com forward slash nano prep n-a-n-o-p-r-e-p, N-A-N-O-P-R-E-P. All right, so that is full of a bunch of the stuff I'm about to talk about. So if you're like, Kristen, what, what, where are these magical worksheets that you, have, uh, that you keep referencing? They're at that website, and you just go there, you fill out your email, and then I'm going to be like, blah, blah, dropbox folder full of awesomeness. Okay, so listen, all right, I have always been the planning type. That's just who I am. I'm a perfectionist but even too much planning messes me up and gives me writer's block, like hardcore writer's block. And the first time that I discovered this was during my second NaNoWriMo, where I wrote, I think it was Kerfuffle, maybe it was Flomax. Like I said, I can't remember. Uh, I, can, I cannot remember which one it was, uh, that I wrote my second or first NaNoWriMo. I Probably should have looked it up. Too late, plunging ahead, wait. I think I wrote the first one was newfangled and the second animal was flummoxed and listen to what I did to myself. And this is what you shouldn't do because I'm going to tell you because it was awful for me. Uh, I wrote a plan and I planned every single scene of the book. And you're like, wait, Kristen, what is a scene? Okay, if you don't know what a scene is, You do know what a scene is. I'm just going to point it out to you real quick. So you know how books are split up by chapters, and then each chapter has, like, these chunks? A scene is one of the chunks inside the chapters. So each scene is separated by either, like, a little squiggly line or some, like, kind of little uh, visual element, or it's separated by a line break. And that's all you need to know right now to understand how dumb I was about this. And if you're like, I want to know more, you should check out Right This Way, which is out on Amazon now, but uh, also it's going to be out with a course and the audiobook soon uh, on Literary Symmetry. But yeah, I talk about all that stuff. I like break it down for you because I care about you. So I was re- getting ready to write Flummoxed and I was like, okay, I'm going to plan out every scene so that I don't get any writer's block ever when I'm working on this because I have a bunch of little kids running around. I have ministry obligations. If I'm going to win this year at NaNoWriMo, I really have got to plan ahead. And that's what I sound like when I'm in like my perfectionist mode. I get a little bit higher sounding and I sound way too overenthusiastic about everything. So I'm getting ready. I've written this crazy just insane outline that has, like, every chapter, every scene. And also I used to do this crazy thing when I first started writing in new, uh, in uh, Newfangled where I would color code the scene with different stripes according to which characters were in it. That is a huge waste of time. Don't bother doing that, please. Please don't do what I did. But so I've got Flummox sitting there and I'm working on it. And it's a story about a new marriage and how rough that is. <laughs> And even the other day, uh, my oldest daughter came to me and she's like, Mom, is it hard being married at first? I'm like, yes. And she's like, and that's that's kind of what we see in Flummoxed with Barb and uh, Reed. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. And she's like, oh, man. Okay. Just mental note for later. I'm like, yeah, okay. You go, girl. Prepare. Prepare for what's going to happen if you get married. Uh, And then (laughs) so... I was writing a story about, like, all the things that can go wrong when you first get married to someone, and it's from uh, Olive. She's the protagonist. It's from her perspective. And so I had, like, every single thing planned, and uh, then all of a sudden as I started writing, this other character who was, like, an older seamstress came in, and she was super awesome, and I loved her, but she wasn't in my plan. And so every time she would show up, I would freak out, and this caused me to write a lot more slowly, actually. So when I say planning, I don't mean planning every scene, because you're going to get caught up uh, in this web that you've created for yourself, where you're like, I said I was going to do this, but now this character's saying I should do this, and I like it, so I want to do that, And then, but it messes up everything in my plan. So this is what I do, okay? So if you go to Literary Symmetry... Oh, sorry. At um, expensivewords.com/slash/nanorimo/slash/nanoprep, you are going to get something called uh, the Fiction Writers Worksheets, and it it, like you open the PDF and it's got this little book and it says Literary Symmetry Presents, just like that, and it has uh, the character, setting, and plot worksheets, and so this is what you should do: fill those out. And that's all. Don't plan anything else. Okay? And when you're looking, you're going to use this other thing called your story math. All right? And uh, we're going to talk about that and the calendar that I have in that packet in episode four. So you can hold on to that for the next episode. But so fill out the character setting plot worksheets and... Once you have your plot points and your pinch points, you don't need to have every setting. So uh, books are broken up into different chunks. And this is the called a fiction formula. And everybody uses it, literally everybody. And the thing, the difference is that uh, people, pantsers like Stephen King, they intuitively know the formula and they still do it. So if you read a Stephen King novel, you'll be like, oh, 25% of the way through the first plot. Happens, and we got a pinch point, thirty-three percent of the way through. A big, another thing, plot point number two, fifty percent. Pinch point number two percent, and seventy-five percent. The big thing happens, and then we work on our way down towards the resolution. So Stephen King knows how to do that without writing it, without writing a plan. And there are some authors who can do that. I cannot. I have admitted this uh, multiple times in many formats, audiobook, podcast, uh, the written word, blog post, right? I am not that good. I need some kind of plan. So that's why I call myself a planter, because all I do is I plan out the big, the five, right? I plan out the big five things that have to happen in order for the book to get to the end, Okay. And then I have the ability to discover what's happening in between those things and what leads up to those things. So that's why I'm a planter, because I leave elements for discovery as I'm writing, because that's exciting to me. It keeps me going because then I also want to know what's going to happen in the story. Yes, I know the five big things that have to happen, but I don't know how exactly I'm going to get there. I also know, Okay, my character needs to accomplish this throughout their character arc, which we talked about in the Writing 101 series, which is going to turn into a class really soon. So I'm excited about that. Uh, And so you do these different things, right? You have the big five things. But if you have nothing and you're just writing to figure out what's going to happen and you have no idea where your character's headed or where the plot's headed, that's almost as difficult to keep going with as if you have every scene planned. And that's what pantsing is supposed to be. And I have never found success writing that way. I don't personally know anyone who is a friend of mine that can write that way and uh, do that so well. My friend Jess kind of does it, but if I'm being honest and I've told her this, she is... uh, Ridiculously talented writer. Jess, if you're listening to this, please finish your book so you can put it out. That's what I would tell her if I was meeting her in person for write ins, because we have done NaNoWriMo with each other uh, the past two years. And so, like, that's what I would be like, Jess, you have to finish. Um, But she considers herself a pantser, but she's not pantsing because she knows intuitively what big things are going to happen. And I could tell that from talking to her, but I didn't want to be like, no. You're not a pantser, because I didn't really know her that well at that point. And uh, if she's listening to this, she's for sure laughing at me right now. But um, so she is not even a pantser, even though she says she is, because she knows what big things are going to happen. And that's what I would say is a planter, which they've made this new term finally on NaNoWriMo for those of us who don't fall into the planner or the pantser camp. And the reason for the title pantser is you're riding by the seat of your pants. That's where that saying comes from, uh, where you just don't know what you're doing. But the thing is, like, you can't do anything well in life if you don't have any idea of what you're doing. Like, for example, I'm a cosplayer. Maybe you don't know that about me. Uh, and I really miss going to conventions. But... um I have an idea of what I want at the end. Whenever I start a new costume, I don't always know the techniques that I will need to learn along the way. Like last time, my husband had to learn leatherworking, which was intense, but also is a really cool skill to have for cosplaying. (laughs) It might not be as cool of a skill for like everyday all the other stuff, but for cosplaying, it's a really amazing skill to have because he was able to make my Hanasola host- holster to fit me perfectly, and uh, yeah, my costume was bomb. It was so good. <sighs> I really miss dressing up. Okay, anyway, but so I have an idea of the fi- like the thing I want at the end. And that's what you need to have when you're writing a story or making a costume or doing anything. Like, when I sit down to cook, I'm not like, okay, I'm just going to randomly grab things out of the refrigerator and make it into something. That's chopped, okay? That's every cook's worst nightmare. You can't be sure of a good end product when you have all this stuff. And listen, the point of NanoRimo is to finish your project. And I know that that sounds harsh. And people are like, how dare you, Kristen? But listen, I didn't finish last year, okay? I admitted that in the previous episode. But that is the goal to get something that's just done, like the first draft is done. Uh, A lot of times what I do, what I wanted to do this year, but I couldn't manage it because of my time and all the stuff I'm doing. Um, But I normally preload the front of the book so that by the time I finish the end, of NaNoWriMo, I'm done with the book. So like, let's say I'm working on a 75,000 word project, I write the 25,000 words all the way up until November first, And then I write the last 50 in, uh, you know, it's going in order, of course, so that when I finish NaNoWriMo, I have finished the book, because that's the point is to finish something. And uh, for a lot of people who've never finished a project, that's something you should really aspire to if you are participating in participating in NaNoWriMo uh, for the first time or third or fifth or whatever, if you haven't finished something, make it a plan to finish something this NaNoWriMo. Uh, And no, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to ditch the last project you were working on and start something totally fresh. But I will say this, if you've been working on something for a long time and you're stuck it's probably a good idea to do a different project for NaNoWriMo because you've grown as a writer, you've grown as a person, you might have outgrown that story without knowing it, and that's probably why you're having such a hard time with it. And starting something new will give you uh, that fresh, happy feeling at the beginning of November as you're starting your project. And that's something that I always loved. You know, uh, I was never one of the people that's like, at 12 o'clock on October 31st, I'm going to write, uh, you know, from midnight to 1 a.m. because I want to get ahead. No, I can't write at night. That's just how my brain works. I write the best in the morning when my uh, creative credits have charged up overnight. And then I just, like, spend them in the morning. And then I can go on with the rest of my day. Um, But I would, like, wake up on November 1st, do whatever chores I needed to do around the house, get the kids ready for whatever or get, you know. Timo was, my son was so tiny. When I was doing this, uh, he was like a baby baby. So, uh, you know, I would like feed him breakfast and then we would sit and watch Paw Patrol and then I would like sneak my computer out and type a bunch. But I was always excited, like I'm starting on a new journey. I'm starting a new story. And by the end of the month, I will have a completed novel. And that is such a great feeling. And... um, If you are like, Kristen, that sounds great, but I don't have time to do NaNoWriMo this year. I'm actually developing a course that will help you get all the way through a project uh, no matter when you do it and no matter how long the project is. And you can set it up so that you can take into account what your schedule is like. Because I feel like NaNoWriMo is good in that it's like, write every day, write this amount of words every day. Um, But for me, there are days when I have more time for writing than other days. Like, I have a lot of time for podcasting and working on projects on Thursday and Friday because I'm doing school with my two younger kids Monday through Wednesday until 12 or 1 or 2 o'clock. So I I would know that I'm not going to be able to write that much on those days. And I actually do write. That's what I do while they're working, unless they need me, is I sit there and I'm working on uh, the Tyler Hart time travel adventure, which... I have completely stalled out on because I'm working on the OFA thing. Um, But it's okay. I knew that was going to happen. And I was like, maybe I can finish it for NaNoWriMo. No, I'm not going to finish it for NaNoWriMo. So I'm still, you know, shooting for January, uh, the end of January to be able to publish that book. But I'm not beating myself up. And that's what I suggest you do is like, try this, but don't be so like, rigid and hard on yourself that you make it so that it's not fun anymore because it's supposed to be fun especially at the beginning about halfway through you're gonna feel like a little bit like you're dying because that's how every book feels anyway And that doesn't ever change. (laughs) I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news on that one. But that's okay. Around the middle of November, I'm going to get on this podcast and I'm going to cheer you all the way to the finish line and give you those little pep talks you need to get all the way through. Yes, I'm setting this series up so that we can do the first five episodes before NaNoWriMo starts. But then I'm going to come in and cheerlead you on. And I was a cheerleader it's true, in eighth grade, my friends all called me the world's most unenthi- enthusiastic cheerleader. I was trying my best, okay? <laughs> but I've gotten better at cheering people on. Uh, so I'm gonna cheer you on. You're gonna do it. And if you want to take my advice and plan, like I said, you can go to expensivewords.com forward slash nanoprep and get the character setting and plot worksheets Fill those out, and I guarantee you those are going to help you as you work toward your 50,000-word goal this November. And as always, I'm going to remind you that it is never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spenser, and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.